This is Health Dose, a conversational podcast that touches on topics that concern your health. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. This time on Health Dose, we're going to talk about the importance of making your medical wishes known in advance with the creation of an advanced care planning document. Amy Bailey Sheets is a licensed social worker with a Master of Social Work degree from the University of Georgia. Amy is a Midland native and has an 11-year tenure with MidMichigan Health, much of which was spent on the intensive care unit in the last two years in her current role of advanced care planning specialist. Health Dose asked Amy to explain what exactly an advanced care planning document is. An advanced care planning document is a legal document that any adult of sound mind can create. Each state has its own laws around creating this type of document, so it's important that you know what Michigan's law is. And that central feature of our law is the designation of a patient advocate. So anyone age 18 or older in the state of Michigan can create this document, and I hope they would consider to do that. And this is not the same as a last will and testament. I mean, this is not something necessarily that would be included when I'm filling out a will with my lawyer. That's correct. A a will is for what you want with your property, your personal things, once you've died, who you want to receive those. But sometimes when you meet with your attorney, they'll include a patient advocate designation or another name for it is durable power of attorney for health care. They'll include that in a package deal that you create. So you might at the same time be creating your last will and testament, a financial durable power of attorney and a designation of patient advocate. What you need to realize with that is that this document needs to be shared. So when you go and file away your will, make sure that document that names who you trust to make your choices, called your patient advocate, make sure that your medical team has it, your physician, your preferred hospital. And the important thing to remember is there's an obvious trigger for a last will and testament, but people might not be aware that this document, this advanced care planning document exists and has a life, if you'll pardon the pun, outside the last will and testament and would be used in a circumstance where the will would not. Well said. Absolutely. This document is sometimes pigeonholed for those individuals who are in later stages of life or have received a terminal diagnosis and people think, oh, I need to create this document. But actually, all healthy adults should consider this as well because unexpected life events can happen at any time. One of my roles previously at our health system was as an ICU social worker. And certainly there were many patients that I cared for that were not at their end of life, but still needed this document because they might be on a breathing machine and not be able to make their choices. And so we need to know who that patient trusts to make their choices. And this doesn't have to be a family member or your next of kin. It can be any other adult age 18 or older can be can act as your patient advocate. What's the real importance of the advanced care planning document? What's inside the document includes naming your patient advocate. And I hope you consider naming successor advocates in case your patient advocate cannot act in that role. In this document, you need to give authority to your patient advocate to make choices on your behalf regarding your medical and or mental health care. You need to sign and date the document in the presence of two appropriate witnesses who must also sign and date that document, and all those dates must match. So an appropriate witness 
would not be someone that you've named as your patient advocate. It would not be a family member. And it would also not be somebody who works for your health system or at your physician's office, your provider's office. So an appropriate witness could be a neighbor, a coworker, someone at the bank, one of your fellow church members or someone in your congregation. And you need to have two of those witnesses. One of them may be a notary, but if the notary is there, you still have to have a second witness. What I see from documents from different states, because each state creates their own law, is some of those documents only need to be notarized. But here in Michigan, we must have two witnesses. And one of the reasons we're talking about this right now is that filing the document, having one on hand, going through the process of naming somebody as your mouthpiece, if you're not able to respond or you're not able to tell people what your desires are when you're in a medical setting, beyond finding a good witness, you need to share this information with your loved ones. Yes, that's very important. To reference back to my time as the social worker for one of our ICUs, sometimes I was the messenger that this document even existed because our patient had not shared it with their loved ones, had not shared it with their patient advocate. And we don't want the sharing of the document to be a one-time thing either. We would like you to review your document periodically. We would like you to share with your patient advocate if you have a new diagnosis or new health concerns so that they know what type of treatment that you would like to receive. These documents do not expire, but they can be changed. So I've seen documents that are valid legal documents that are dated in 1991. My health looks different now than it did in 1991. And although the preferences for medical care that are shared in that document, I think are still helpful, they may not be the most up-to-date preferences that you have. So when you see your physicians, when you meet with your nurse practitioner or physician assistant and have a discussion about maybe a new diagnosis, make sure you talk to your patient advocate. Make sure they know when you've had a hospital stay. Another important thing to point out is you can choose anyone as your patient advocate. That includes people who live out of state. My patient advocate lives in Colorado. He may not know when I have a visit with my physician. He'll probably know if I have a hospital stay. That's a pretty big event, but that's not across the board something that people share. And I guess the other point is while we're coming up on the holidays, this is a good time to sit down with your family members and talk about things like, I need a patient advocate. I need a witness. I Mm -hmm. have this document. Here's what's in the document. And here's what it means. This might be a good time for people to have that conversation. Absolutely. The holidays are a time when we tend to come together with our loved ones, most often our family, but sometimes are not. So those that are closest to you, it's important for them to know who you would trust to make your medical choices, who you've named as a patient advocate, and also what those choices might be. I say that because there are times when we have individuals who are estranged from their loved ones and really need to make the document so that we know that the person that they trust the most is making those decisions for them. Do I need one of these documents if I'm relatively healthy? I think now when you are relatively healthy is the best time to have this document to create it. When we do things in crisis, it's really scary. And not to say that I haven't helped countless patients create this document during their hospital stay. But when you're not in crisis, you have time to really think about who is the best person to act as your patient advocate. 
And I think about the pandemic and then the recent flood, we really saw how people acted in times of crisis. And I think that that gave us information about who we'd really want to choose as our patient advocate. Because you have to think about if you're in a position where you are so sick, you can't make your own choices, that's really scary for your loved ones. And you want to make sure that you choose the person who would be the best mouthpiece, as you stated earlier, to make those tough choices. What's the advantage to a patient of having filled out an advanced care document? Well, it gives you some control as far as who is making your choices. I know for many of us, this world still feels quite out of control. So this is something I can control. I can control who my medical providers will turn to to get consent for my care. It gives me control over what information I want my patient advocate to know about my preferences for medical care. So I'd like to bring up the point that that's optional on the form. Some people are very uncomfortable with choosing whether or not they would want to have CPR or be on life support. They don't have to make that preference. That's optional, but it's helpful information for your patient advocate. What information should I share or may I share in this document? Obviously, you're going to share who your preferences are for patient advocate and successor advocates. I really encourage that you consider successor advocates. You can share information about life-sustaining treatment, which would be information about CPR, life support, if you want to consider tube feeding. Sometimes patients can't eat when they're trying to recover, so they need to have tube feeding. You can make statements about whether or not you'd ever want to consider dialysis. Another great thing is you can look at, would you want your patient advocate to use a service like hospice if you're at end of life? And it's important to note that hospice is not just providing care to the patient, it's providing care to the patient and their loved ones. There's such wonderful support with hospice. One of the questions that we often ask patients when they are hospitalized is, What plans have you made for when it's no longer safe for you to live at home? What plans have you made? Have you considered assisted living or a nursing home or staying with loved ones? You can share information about your funeral arrangements if you've made them. I've seen very many touching statements made from the patient to their loved ones. And I think that that's being as someone who's been at the bedside with loved ones and their patient, and then being able to read that, it's just very touching. But it's not required, it's optional. You can also share in the document who else has copies of the document. Have you shared it with Covenant Health System? Have you shared it with other health systems? Do you see a doctor that's outside of our health system and they have a copy? Maybe you see a specialist down at the Cleveland Clinic. Do they have a copy? And then another important feature is we have a place called the reaffirmation page, where it basically states that you've reviewed the document, it's still what you want, and you date and sign. So let's say for that document that's in 1991, created in 1991, they reviewed the document in 2021. And they say, yes, this is still the person I want to act as my patient advocate, this information is correct. How do I fill one of these out? Where can I get a, is there like a form I can fill out? Can, can you provide me with that? There are a variety of forms. Our health system has a free form that you can find on our website. Our hospitals also have that form as well as our physician offices. And people are 
welcome to contact me if they would like a form. And actually, the phone number on the form is my phone number at the, at the hospital. But if you found a form at Munson Health System or another health system that suits you better, you can use their form. We accept any form. The state didn't give us guidance on which form to choose. So you can choose any one of them, or you can choose to work with your attorney to create this document. After all, the form does belong to the patient, not the doctor, not the healthcare system. It's your document. Wherever you get it from is fine. It's the, the fact of the matter is you own it. It's your declaration. Yes. Yes. And with that being said, only you can make changes to that document. Who should have a copy of this form once it's filled out? I think that your patient advocate and any successor advocate should have a copy of this document. You should keep the original and any of your loved ones should have a copy of this document so that they have clarification as to who's able to make choices for you if you can't make them, as well as your preferred health system, any provider that you see, they should all have documents. Well, sometimes people think that when they create this document that it's effective immediately, and it's not. You are in control of your health care until it comes a time, and it may never come a time, that you are no longer able to make your own choices. And how that is determined is by either two physicians or a physician and licensed psychologist will provide an evaluation of you if they feel that you are unable to make your choices for medical care at that moment in time, then they'll provide that determination in writing and make it part of your document. We at MidMichigan Health actually have a form that we use where our physicians sign off on that someone is no longer able to make their choices for their medical and or mental health care. But it's not a one-way street. There have been patients who were very, very sick during a hospital stay, for example, but then regained their ability to make their own choices. And when that time comes, then you have a physician, just one physician is needed to revoke that determination. And then the patient is back in the driver's seat, making all of their own decisions. But the important thing is to do it while you're healthy and make those decisions and make those declarations now, not when you're in a time of crisis. Absolutely. Make the decision now while you have the mental capacity to make the decision. And with that being said, I don't want people to be discouraged if they have a new diagnosis of dementia. That does not disqualify you. Individuals who have a diagnosis of developmental disability, that does not disqualify them from making this document. So if someone is able to, if they're of sound mind, they're able to create this document. That is licensed social worker, advanced care planning specialist, Amy Bailey Sheets with MidMichigan Health. As always, if you have a health-related concern, you should start by contacting your primary care provider. If you'd like help finding a primary care provider, you can find many opportunities and resources at midmichigan.org doctors. To access the aforementioned advanced care planning document, go to midmichigan.org ACP. That's midmichigan.org slash A-C-P. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jerry O'Donnell. Check back again regularly for more episodes of Health Dose.